G'day guys and girls and welcome to the debut edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. For those of you who are new to the program, we, uh, we started this off last year, myself and of course my mate Matt across the other side of the desk. Hello Christian, hello hey. listeners. Yeah, I was hey. going to say, not really debut, more just nah. the first returning episode for 2018. This is the first public episode, so this was a little thing for ourselves and for our friends and you know, we wanted to bring it to everyone else around there who wasn't getting the full AFL fantasy experience, so... What we want to do here is we want to run through everything from AFL Classic, your salary cap leagues, to going really deep into your keeper leagues, draft leagues, uh, whether you do your redrafts or whether you do even AFL Dynasty. Um, it's it's just something that a lot of the other podcasts we noticed didn't offer, and mm-hmm. and we love talking about that sort of thing. So yeah, so, yeah. so we focus a lot more on those more obscure players that you don't usually consider. We don't tend to spend too much time talking about your your Rockcliffs and your Pendlebury's and your Titchells because everyone knows they're amazing. Yeah. So, And uh, it's it's just something that we love doing and we hope you love listening to us. So we're going to jump right into this week's podcast and what we want to do first up is run through some of the JLT games, but just how good is it to have actual AFL football on TV again after oh, such a long summer? Mate, it is pretty amazing. Oh, pretty amazing. As much as I love my cricket over summer, yeah. you can get... Uh, big bashed out. Oh, yeah. So it's good to actually have some footy back and to be able to start really thinking about fantasy again. Yeah, one or two games a day does really get a little bit too much cricket sometimes. I don't know if that's a weird thing for me to say because we do love our cricket, but just to have some real football. And AFL for X does not count as real football either. We well, that, that glorified training drill oh, that they God. played the weekend before. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It kind of tricked you a little bit as well because you're like, oh, I'll watch these games because maybe I'll get a little bit of a hint of some fantasy uh, no. relevant players, but no. There were like three players that I pulled out of, <laughs> and I watched pretty much every game, so <laughs> it was just a waste. Now, we'll, we'll jump right into the first JLT game. That was the uh, Kangaroos and the Demons playing over there in Melbourne. Jesus really felt like a training game, didn't it? There was... Yeah, it was pretty, um, <coughs> pretty open and free-flowing. There wasn't really a lot of contest to it. No, it was, a, and the scoring kind of revealed that. North Melbourne were never really in it. It was 124 to 71 at the end of the day. Um, and your fantasy scores really sort of showed that as well. The highest score for the game was an 84 by Alex Neil Bullard, who mm. just like last year, coming coming out of the gates nice and strong. Yeah, I do quite, I do quite like um, Neil Bullard. He's a good player, especially in your draft leagues where you you have a little bit of a deeper selection of players. Yep. I wouldn't be looking at him in classic or salary cap. Nah, he's a bit overpriced for salary yeah. cap, but for redraft, he's one to look at, particularly because he does have dual position this year. Yep. Um, and for keepers, there's a chance he may... He's probably 50-50 whether he's taken or not, but um, he's definitely one to look at there for at least this year. Well, the next one down in terms of scoring was James Harms, and he's one I'm actually pretty interested in, particularly for yes. like keeper leagues or redrafts, because in your keeper leagues, if you've had a league running for a couple of years, and I feel like I should clarify for any new listeners out there, a keeper league is a draft league that you run year after year. You keep a certain amount of players as your own players every year. So yeah. you might own Tom Mitchell for the next 10 years if you do own him now. Yeah. So, for example, we're in a keeper league. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 teams in the league. You have 28 players. You keep 20 at the end of every year. You release eight, and they go back into um, the top-up draft for the next season. Exactly. And in a lot of top-up drafts uh, this year, as well as if you're doing a new draft, James Harms will obviously be 
probably available. He's not a big name, but mm. he's gradually growing year on year, mm-hmm. and I think he's someone who's quite interesting. Yeah, um, the other big thing is, of course, with Watts leaving. Now, Watts was playing mm. that forward role for the Demons, and I think that that's something that James Harms really does as well. Yeah, um, He sort of plays that lockdown forward role, uh, going a little bit through the wing and a bit through the midfield as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think there is a spot for him in their best 22. He's that nuggety sort of player. Yeah, he's tough, uh, doesn't mind getting into a bit of a contest. He's fast. Kicks um, goals as well. He kicks. He does kick goals. His foot skills could improve a little bit, but uh, <coughs> yeah, he's got a lot to offer, and I think he really fits their sort of contested, mongrelish type game plan that they want to yeah, so develop. He's a, um, a bit of a, a point of difference player. I don't think he'd be worth a look at in salary cap, but no. in terms of your deeper drafts, definitely take a look at him because you might get some real value on the back end there. Um, we had good games from players like Clayton Oliver. Obviously, he's a lock for um, he's, he's going to be a terrific midfielder. Yeah, your drafts and your keepers. He's going early. Yeah, he's not already taken him. As well, particularly with a defence stock taking a bit of a hit with Doherty gone, we need to really look for some good players back there. Yes, yes. I think he's an interesting one for def- for salary cap as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to jump in a little bit here as well, and just inform anyone out there listening that. Matt and I both have terrible coughs at the moment, so <laughs> I hope we don't put you off by the amount that we're coughing in the studio. But yeah, it, it is unusual. We'll um, try and keep that your, to a minimum for your side anyway. I tend yeah. to cough a lot anyway, but no, you're just always off coughing in the corner. And I, I'm, I'm suffering with a bit of sickness, but that's all right. Some uh, overdosing on bisolvent here will help. Um, we'll jump back into the scores. Uh, the one that I'm really looking at this year, I'm really keen on, is Christian Petrarca. Yeah, I think you and everyone else, to be honest. Yes, I think I, anyone would be interested in Petrarca. He's he's at that age where he's ready to break out. He had some injury issues last year, didn't quite bring the scoring that he wanted to, um, yeah. and I think he's going to be more yeah. midfield time. See, I owned him last year in our redraft comp, mm-hmm. so I did pay quite a lot of attention to his scores, um, and what I found was that a lot of the time he'd go for <coughs> 5, 10, 15 minutes, sometimes whole quarters without really seeing a lot of the ball. Mm. Um, but he'd still quite often finish up on a score around 70 or 80. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a couple of big scores in there as well. So there's a ceiling, yeah. um, and there's the ability to impact the game a lot in a short burst. Mm-hmm. What he really needs to do is become more consistent across games yeah. and game by game. And I think that'll come with time. So I think there's a good chance this year we can see some real improvement from him. Definitely. Uh, uh, Maxi Gorn as well had a solid game after a pretty slow start, to be honest. Uh, yep. 39 hit out. He does that every game. He'll finish on about 50 to 60 hit outs most AFL games. Um, and I think he's he's the lock of the year for your salary cap leagues in terms of the Rockman. Yeah, like, I think any league you're in, go for Max Gorn. He's going to be a He's going to bounce back. He wouldn't have been happy with how he returned after his big hamstring injury last yeah. year. He's a proud man, so mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to be looking to uh, go big this year. Yeah, you just got to have Maxi Gore on your side. He should be an early draft pick as well, uh, particularly with the lack of Ruckman around. Uh, Bailey Fritch is the uh, the young cash cow that everyone's talking about yeah. at the moment. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now he scored sixty nine points. That did take him three goals and two behinds, so five yeah. shots on goal. And he's a small forward, so there is going to you have to sort of temper your expectations a little bit. He's not going to go out and be scoring your seventies and eighties every week. Mm. But at basement price for salary cap, I think he's a lock to yeah. start the season. He's just getting the job done. Is I mean, I know we made fun of AFLX earlier, but he had a good AFLX couple of he games. He was one of about three players I actually yeah. paid attention to from AFLX. Yes, yeah. and then uh, on the weekend he was terrific. So 
If he has another good game next week in JLT2, I'd say he'd be a lock in the Demons round one side. Yep. And that's the all-important thing with cash cows as well. You, you don't make your call on cash cows until the teams are announced in that first week. Yeah, absolutely. Because you ideally, round one, you want every single playing <coughs> position, in fact, every single position playing or on your bench in salary cap. You yeah. want someone playing. Exactly. Uh, the only other one I want to bring up from the Demons is uh, Angus Brayshaw. Underwhelming. Really underwhelming. And he's a mid-pricer in salary cap, but also that slider in a lot of draft leagues that people are talking about. Yeah, to be honest, he's in my salary cap team at the moment. Uh, I was unimpressed with what he did this game, but I'll give him another game to see what he can do before I make a decision on whether to keep him or not. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, but, yeah, it just wasn't quite enough for him. He didn't get involved enough. But yeah. that may be just because it's a preseason game. He's trying to protect himself. He's not really caring that much about the result. And it was pretty one-sided. So, yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that pans out with Angus. But like you say, it's a one-sided contest. So there'll be people like Jordan Lewis as well. Only got 17, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Jaden Hunt was pretty poor. Nathan Jones. Those are guys that would normally score a fair bit higher than that. So yeah. don't pay too much attention. Uh, particularly with North Melbourne as well. That was underwhelming scores from almost every single player on the park. I mean, we never really expect big scores from North. No, not no, a we don't. Friendly <laughs> no, team. we don't. But they were very underwhelming. So they were. One player I did like the look of was Billy Hartung, though. Traded from Hawthorne. Yeah. No opportunities there. And North Melbourne are rebuilding. I don't care what Brad Scott says. They are oh, they're absolutely rebuilding. There is not a chance they are pushing for finals this year. No. They, they need to build that team from the ground up. And Billy Hartung, if he keeps playing like that, he'll get games. Yeah, I was very impressed with what he did. I mean, he only scored 60, but that was their third highest score in yeah. the game. With two goals in there, you know, he, you can take it to one of two ways. You can say either he needed those two goals to get up to his 60 yeah. points, or you can say he was one of their best players on the park. He kicked two goals, and he yeah. got some disposals as well. I think it was about 16 disposals, 17 yeah. for the game. The one thing about him, though, looking at his um, scoreline there, 17 disposals, only one mark, no tackles. <coughs> so what we usually say is we like to see scoring coming from a number of different yeah. uh, avenues. Mm. Really, it was just getting the ball and kicking those goals that got mm. him there. So in the next JLT game, I'd like to see him get scores from a couple of different ways if possible. It's a little bit tricky, isn't it? Because we say we want a good spread of points, and we, we really do. But at the same point, you have players like Andrew Gaff out there who literally get all their points from marks and kicks. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. won't get tackles in that. So you've, you've got to see how it plays out. It, it uh, makes them a little bit more... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It protects them a little bit if yeah. one aspect of their game falls away mm-hmm. during a game or for a quarter or a half or something. They've still got other ways to actually impact and stay involved in scores. So. Absolutely. Uh, what are your thoughts on Todd Goldstein this year? I have no idea. Um, Braden Pruce is really... Bruce. Uh, yeah, he's thrown a wrench in the, uh, they, the works. You'd think they want to get games into Bruce, mm. but they didn't trade Goldstein last off-season, <coughs> and you would have thought that if they were going to commit to Bruce 100%, yeah. they would have looked to move Goldie on. The fact that they've kept him, I think he'll still be the number one. Mm-hmm. I've actually got him down as one of my big improvers in the Rucks this year. Oh, I good. think he's going to... Because he had a lot of personal stuff going on last year. Yeah, that's Nobody true. Nobody really knows what it was, but it was impacting a lot. So I think he's got that sorted, and I reckon he's another proud man. He's going to want to mm-hmm. come out and bounce back this year. So I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, um, I, I hope so, because we really don't have a lot in the Ruck this year. No. And it'd be good to see... And, Todd Goldstein's underpriced for what he can do. Absolutely. And I mean, at the moment, my salary cap's got uh, Gorn and Nick Nat in it. Yep. Um, but if Nick Nat isn't 
fit to start the season, I'd seriously consider Gorn and Golgi as mm. my starting rocks. Yeah, I'd definitely consider that. Um, one player that I'm really big on, and that's rare for me to say about North Melbourne, is Ryan Clark. I reckon he looks yeah. like he's oh, he's preparing for a really big year. He had a down game today, pretty much all of North Melbourne's team did, 46 mm. points. But, jeez, I had a circle around him at the end of last season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think his last four or five games at the end of last season, where there were three 80s, two tons, and one on 79. One 78 or 79, So yeah. he finished the year in great form, and that was because of his shift to the new halfback role. Yes. Um, he did play there in this game, but just didn't really get the ball. So um, we'll see what he can do. Um it's just like James Sicily, isn't it? He was, yeah. he's, uh, no one would have thought about drafting James Sicily at the start of no. last year. And then midway through the year, when they switched him to that defensive role, he was rolling in the points. He was, yeah. he was taking mark after mark. He was scoring for fun. So, uh, you know, sometimes with that defensive switch, you can get players scoring for a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, Ryan Clark for me is very similar to Angus Brayshaw. Bit underwhelming, but watch him in the next game, see what he can do. Definitely. Um, Lukey McDonald is someone I thought was going to have a bit of a breakout this year, but I don't know if I can pick it with that haircut that he's rocking at the moment. Oh, it is atrocious, Jeez, isn't it? It's, it's a full-on mullet with shaved sides. It is. If you haven't seen it, go out and Google Luke McDonald's haircut because oh, it is disgusting. It's pretty average. <laughs> it's pretty average. It's not And great. I had also picked him to have a good year, a mm. bit of a breakout year, but yeah. um, I know, actually he broke out last year, to be honest. So... Um, um, Similar to last year, possibly even a bit better, but yeah, I don't know if I can own him with that echo. No. Um, Only one more guy I want to talk about. Yep. Um, LDU. Yeah, Luke, Luke Davies Uniaki or UDL. Apparently, it's Luke Davies Uniaki. Luke Davies Uniaki. Commentary of this game. Oh well, can you really trust the AFL commentary sometimes in terms uh, of name pronunciation? Apparently, they checked during the game because they uh-huh. weren't sure because okay. they started the game off with Uniaki and yep. then they switched to Uniaki halfway through. All right, I like it. I like it. Professionalism. Yeah. Um, again, a bit underwhelming in this game, but his first hit out in an actual AFL-ish type game. Mm. So um, he's going to be one of the rookies to own this year. Yeah. So don't get too um, put off by this these scores. For me, you pretty much have to own um, LDU. He's he's just got a body ready to play AFL, and uh, like we were saying before, um, uh, North Melbourne are rebuilding. They need that player, um, and they want to get AFL experience into him. He's ready for the big time. So. I, I will He'll play almost every game bar injury. I'd, I'd say he probably plays about 20 games at least this year, so he's going to be one of the big cash cows. Uh, moving on to the next one, which was even worse in terms of game than this. Uh, yeah. Bombers getting smashed 124-37 to 37 by the Tigers. Uh, uh, it will take them a little bit to gel with all the changes <coughs> they made to their team in the off-season. Well, yeah. I say all the changes. There's a few changes, but they were big ones. So. There, there were a fair few changes for the Bombers. Um, looking at some of the scores, uh, I'll look at the Tigers first. Josh Caddy with 109. Is is he any chance to be fantasy relevant? I mean, I know that in terms of draft leagues, yeah, he's a good sort of player to own in the, the back half. But I haven't can... rated him for a long time. But I don't know. He's effectively playing their second tall role mm. um, just because he actually competes. So I know he might be someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I... He likes to tackle. He's getting the ball. He's taking marks up forward. I so wouldn't mind seeing what he's like in the next JLT. Yeah. If he scores really well again, and of course, uh, because Richmond and Carlton play first round every year, um, you will know exactly who Richmond have in their side. Uh, I mean, Caddy's best 22 anyway, but yeah. it's really good to grab some of those Richmond and Carlton guys uh, in your first yeah. side. Um, just just so you know, particularly catch cows. Um, 
<laughs> Although, in saying that, we have been stuck with a couple of duds in years There's past. There's <laughs> always some cash cow that plays in the Thursday night Richmond Carlton game that will look amazing and yeah. then just spot it up the rest of the year. Oh, There's always one. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um, one of the ones, uh, I mean, you've got Dusty Martin, of course, and I think he's going to be a champ again this year. I don't really need to talk about him. No, we know what he'll do. Exactly. If you're, but in terms of a draft, if you're drafting Dusty Martin, you you should be taking him in the top 10 somewhere. For First me. round. Yep. Yeah, somewhere around about there. Um, moving further down the list there, because Richmond have a lot of very, very similar players. They do. Um, really similar players. Like Jack Graham, you've got Corey Ellis in there, uh, Floston, Grigg, Castagna, Lambert, uh, Short, um, yep. a lot of the Butler, a lot of these guys play Conquer as well. They play a very, very similar role and they interchange, yep. which led to the Premiership, but is not good for fantasy at yeah, all. Yeah, no, I've, I've been saying for years now that Richmond have got about five or six <coughs> core guys that sort of rotate through their midfield, yep. and every week one or two of them will go off, mm. but it's never the same one in consecutive weeks. Yep. You're never sure which one's going to go off in each week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exactly the, that same thing. Mm. So you're... There are there is some good players to own there from a draft perspective, but you just you're not sure who. Yeah, that's um, the the other one that was uh, really interesting coming into this was Jack Higgins, and there was all that talk that you know mm. he probably won't be playing real football until midway through the season. They'll ease him into it, and I don't think that's necessarily easing him into it. I think that's literally them having all very similar players, and Jack Higgins is another one. I don't think they can fit him into their best twenty two right now. He's, he's going to be a great player. I think you're probably right after watching this mm. game. Before this game, I'd sort of gone, no, I think he's going to be good enough to push past, but he looked... Uh, there's probably a couple of guys ahead of him at this stage, mm-hmm. but I think he'll overtake them in the course of the year. Just in terms of experience as well, like it's hard to break into a premiership side if you're a new player. Yeah. You have to be something really special. He is, but yeah. Um, and don't get tricked into thinking that he will be taking Dan Rioli's spot as well because he's injured. That pretty much belongs to Shy Bolton at the moment. Bolton looked very good. He's, he, he's got that spot for now. Yeah, and he's uh, he's got another year on Jack Higgins too, so there's that extra experience coming in. Over on the Bombers' side, I mean, Zaharakis, highest scorer there. Eh. He's more a fantasy guy. He, uh, uh, a, a draft guy. guy. He's yeah. a draft guy. So you can take him somewhere later or middle round sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, because midfielders, if you're averaging about 95 to 98 in the midfield, uh, there's hundreds of those guys. There's, yeah. there's a lot of midfielders that average around about that. So don't take them too early. Uh, Devin Smith's the interesting one, though. I reckon he is as close to a must-own in salary cap leagues as a lot of players. Yeah, I'm torn on Ooh. this one. He looked really, really good. You don't like Devin no, Smith? No, I love Devin Ooh. Smith. All right, I all right. just have no faith in his body. Yeah, particularly because Essendon have said they want to play in midfield. Mm. He can be, he could barely get on the park the last two years playing forward. Yeah, that's for true. So I just have no faith that his body's going to be able to withstand a full season in mm. the midfield. Yeah, I having that. said that, he is probably a good guy to start with because I think he's in classic because I think he will score well mm. and his score will increase. It's just I don't know how sustainable it's going to be. Yeah, it's. It's tricky. I would be starting with Devin Smith because at the moment he's fit and healthy and you've got enough trades in Classic yep. to get rid of him if he does get an injury. I, I think he's going to be really good. And they'll play in midfield. Uh, in, I think he'll have at least a 70-30 midfield split. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, it's, I've talked about him for the past couple of weeks and I know you've getting a, a bit annoyed about it, but <laughs> Sean McKernan has actually looked halfway decent in the last few weeks. And mm. it's... 
This is in a game where Lewenberger played. Bell Chambers didn't, but Lewenberger was on the park and, uh, geez, Sean McKernan only got one hit out, but he was played in a largely forward role. Yeah. Uh, 76 points for, with two goals. Um, he had, geez, how many, uh, 14 disposals, and he got a lot of disposals in the AFLX game as well. Yeah, I don't see him being best 22. It's really tough because he can score when he's on the park, but like you say, yeah. Bell Chambers, Lewenberger, is he... Does he actually fit into that? Yeah, I mean, is he a Ruckman? They might <coughs> play him as a Ruckman if they decide to go down the small Ruck. The Richmond path. The Richmond path? Yeah. But even Richmond had Nan Curtis playing as the number one. So oh, yeah. They might play him as a Ruckman. I don't think so. I think they'll go for someone bigger. Mm. They won't play him as a forward because they've got Danaher and Hooker. Mm-hmm. Hooker, I don't think, played this game. Yeah. Um, and then they've got Stringer, who will mm. demand some forward minutes because he's not going to do anything midfield oh, yeah. on the evidence of this game just mm-hmm. gone. So, Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that hair again, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. uh, the, see, the, it's interesting for McKernan with me because it, it goes to a West Coast argument as well, which is what is the best ruck makeup for that team? Because Of course, you've got to bring West Coast. I, got, I am bringing West you Coast. You realise we're talking about them later. Uh, right? yeah, you don't we'll have get, to bring we'll them that to this game. Uh, we'll get to them. <laughs> but uh, So you can say you've got Lewenberger and Bell Chambers in the side, but what... Are they actually going to work well in tandem in any way, shape, or form? They're both two number one ruckmen. No, I don't think they do. Uh, so McKernan should realistically be on the side as the second ruckman slash forward. Last year they played Danaher as the second ruck affair. They hits. did, didn't they? Which he's uh, tall enough and agile enough to do yeah, it. Yeah. If, if I were them, I'd rather have Danaher doing that. That frees up an extra spot for a small forward or a you know that new Devon Smith. A that utility that can play that different role. Good point. Yeah. I'll, I'll back you in there. Sean McKernan, don't touch him, but it's, it's interesting. <laughs> but um, he may come in partway through the year. You yeah. never know. Uh, Darcy Parrish has been interesting since they gave him forward status going into this year. Yes. Hmm. He's one that could potentially have a bit of a breakout year, yeah. although the way that Essendon have tried to reload their <coughs> team, there's probably going to be limited midfield minutes for him, mm. so he's going to have to score up forward. I'm not sure if he can yet. Yeah, Darcy Parrish and Andrew McGrath are players that, while... They are young players and they're going to be very good. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily look at them this year. There's always that second year drop off when we're talking about McGrath. Yeah, it, there's very few players that get around that. I think uh, Clayton Oliver might have been one. I think he's the it. only one I can remember. But there's almost always in your second year you have a bit of a drop off. In so. salary cap, one of my only rules is don't pick a second year player. Yeah, that's and that's a, a firm rule because mm. it burns you every I think single I've year. I've broken it about three times in the last few years and I've been burned every time. And this doesn't apply to keeper leagues either, guys. Like no, you've, you've got, got to, to hang on to it. You've got to take that into account and just get through it because in the third year they normally come back with a bang. Um, Dyson Heffel, poor game from him, but just in general Dale poor game from him. Really going to be caring. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Keep away from Adam Saad. He's a player that a lot of people will be interested <laughs> in, like Essendon fans particularly, if you're playing fantasy, because he looks really good. But it's just like last year with Tip and Woody. Uh, they're great players, and they do really fancy things, really good-looking things. Uh, they're not fantasy material in any way, shape, or form. No. I wouldn't touch either. Even in a draft league, I wouldn't be looking at either of those no, guys. No, I wouldn't. Um, if you want to look at a Essendon halfback that may be unowned in a draft, mm-hmm. or in a keeper, I, I should say, um, where is he? Connor McKenna. Yeah, McKenna. I've got growing interest in Connor McKenna. Mm. Oh, 
He does seem to rack up a fair bit more of the ball than um, than Saad or Tipping Woody, mm. those sorts of players He's, he's do. a uh, speculative pick. Hmm. Uh, definitely in the later stages very of late. drafts. Very late. Uh, if, in a keeper league, definitely take a bit of a punt on him because you do have to do that in a keeper league. Uh, but yeah, he could be worth it at the end of the day. Uh, we will move on. Oh, sorry, Unless you got one who else you got? Who got? Oh, it's not Jake Stringer. Is the it? Stringer oh, coaster. For God's sake, we have to talk about the Stringer coaster. <sighs> it was one of our key topics last year. Oh God! Um, yeah, for anyone, obviously, for almost everyone out there who wasn't listening last year, Stringer was a bit of a sore point for all of us. I owned him for about a year and a half in keeper. Mm. Traded him away. I thought it's just a. I'll trade him to a guy and he'll drop him immediately. No, he played him for a week and he scored 100 that week. It was amazing. And and, and then he proceeded to be terrible, as he normally is. But it's just... He has so much ability and he could be something incredible. But, oh, he's... Oh, jeez. So the reason that I owned him for a year and a half was there's a lot of potential if he can get his midfield game happening. Mm -hmm. Big body, explosive, X-factor, a lot of potential. And the whole thing of going to Essendon is he'll get more midfield minutes. Yeah. It looked like he didn't know what to do in the midfield. Oh, God. Plus that haircut. Yeah. He got, did he get injured at one stage? I think yeah, he, he got, got his scalp up. cut open by some elbow or something. But Someone was probably cost trying to him, do him a hand, get rid of the new haircut. Probably. Um, that cost him, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the game. But even so, 14 points is not enough. No. So scratch them from your watch list. Yeah, definitely. Um, going over onto the next game, uh, the Sunday games were actually really good to watch. Uh we're not just saying that either because it's a Frio and a West Coast fan in here, but they were actually close. And in terms of fantasy, the scoring was quite high. Yeah, surprisingly, I was actually more looking forward to the Saturday games. Mm. But um, this, it, yeah, it reflected more closely what I would think an AFL scoring game would do as opposed to a JLT. Mm. Um, we'll look at the uh, the Crows who got up just by ten points in the last couple of minutes. Yep. Um, so who have we got? Uh, Matt Crouch, as always. You Absolute know, Bryce Gibbs. Gun. They're, Gun. they're champions. Um, Tommy Lynch is a great Gun. draft player. And Rory Laird, Gun. Um, no, nothing else you need to say. They're, they're just fantastic players. Um, the one I do want to bring up is, uh, and I do not know how to pronounce this, so we made fun of the commentators before, but I think <laughs> it's Tim Dode. Uh, Doody? Do, well, I don't know. Dode? Uh, we'll go with Dode. I'll go with Dode for now, and I will look it up. But he Dode? got... Dode, we'll go with that. Sounds fast. Tommy D. It's class. Tommy D. All right, Tommy D had 67 uh, Dream Team points. Uh, He had uh, five marks in there, four tackles, really good defensive role. Yep. He's pretty much got Lever's spot wrapped up. Yep. Um, He's a lock for salary cap for that. (coughs) Um, Basement price. I think he's 170k, so basement Mm -hmm. price, lock and load. Yep. Um, I'd probably keep him on the bench. I'm not starting him on the field. Yep. But he'll be a cash cow generating you a lot of money this year. Not a redraft player, so uh, a, a draft league that you would do um, just for one year. But yeah. in terms of keepers, I don't mind looking at him because Lever could be something interesting as well in terms of keepers. It's yeah, If you want to spend a pick on him, go yeah, for it. I'm a not looking at him. Very, very late pick. Like, this would probably be your last speculative pick. But, you know, Jeremy McGovern um, and several other intercept marking, like Michael Johnson as well as that lanky third tall um, marking player, they, they have scored well He's in the not going to do it this year, though, so you're going to be holding him a long time. You, you would, yeah. So uh, you'd have to have a real I'd, I'd take a risk and just leave him on the waivers. Um, Cam Ellis-Yolman, I, I don't think he has the best 22 spot once. Agreed. Because Gibbs is in there. Um, just ignore Cam Ellis-Yolman. It's sad because he's got a lot of ability. It's yep. just some players are drafted into teams that they can't squeeze into and therefore their development is halted. Yeah. So, yeah. Someone um, I did want to look at, mm-hmm. um, Seedsman. 
Yeah, Paul as a potential Smith. replacement for Brody Smith, who of course is out with the ACL, I believe it was mm-hmm. for the whole year. Yep. Um, Seisman was someone that I was keeping an eye on. Um, he seemed to drift out, in and out of the game a lot. He was difficult to actually spot. Yeah. Um, he only had well, he had seventeen touches, three marks, two tackles. Sort of workman like. He's nothing too special. He's an impact player, Seisman. He seems yeah. to be. So we'll have brief flashes of really brilliant things, and he quite often gets possessions. Um, in a row, so he'll get four or five possessions in the span of four minutes, and then he'll go quiet for a long period of time. He's not like a Matt Prittis or a Matty Boyd, like a... a Consistent exactly. workman. Yeah, so... Uh, but, I mean, like you say, with uh, Brody Smith being injured, he's an interesting one to look at. So he's, he gets another week on the watch list. I'm not 100% sold on him. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm. He's sort of off my watch list at the moment, um, but I think he could maintain his average... Mm. which is actually quite high. So in terms of draft yeah. leagues, he's averaged 86 last year. Off of two games, off I of think. two games. Yeah. So, and I think that was after, potentially <coughs> after Brody Smith went down. Yeah. At yeah. least one of them was. I think one of them was after Brody Smith went down. Uh, but that makes it a little bit harder to sort of hide the player away and take him a lot later in the draft. Yeah. Because uh, in terms of your um, draft listings, yeah, he'll be relatively high on the defender especially list. Especially once everyone else around him has been taken and he's just that one name that's still sitting there. On 86, someone will go, oh, yeah, I'll take him in the middle rounds. Yeah, um, yeah it gets a little bit interesting there. Um, have we got anyone else from Adelaide that you like the look of? Uh, um... I mean, not nah. particularly. I didn't spot anyone. I mean, Sam Gibson, he's that new uh, player from North Melbourne who's 32 or something like that. <laughs> um, he's, yeah. I, I don't even know if there's the best 22 spot for Sam yeah, Gibson. I'm not sure. Half the I'm time. Not sure. You know who does interest me, actually? Mm-hmm. Lockie Murphy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, he scored 60 <coughs> at even... He only scored 60. He had three goals. That little little uh, nuggety player with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, what, he Charlie looked, Cameron gone now? Yes, yeah. He mm. looked a little bit like a smaller, younger Scotty Thompson, mm, I he, thought. It looked, it, in terms of just, just physical appearance. looks. Just appearance. <laughs> yeah, not the way he plays. No, no. The way he played kind of reminded me of a Stevie Milne sort of character. Just yeah. that little nuggety guy who looks like he has no speed whatsoever and just has two or three steps that he can get off and get a quick snap yeah. on. So he's one that I will keep an eye on for mm. salary cap. Yeah. Because he'll be basement price. If he manages to sneak a game at some point, he might be able to do something with how potent their forward line is. Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, the Dockers, on the other hand, I mean, Nat Fife is very close to a lock for me in terms of salary cap league. He looked pretty good. He's underpriced. We saw what he did in the um, the International Rules series last year. He just looked like he wanted to take that game by the neck. Mm. And, oh, he, he looked really good. Oh, the scruff of the neck? Yeah. Uh, eh, eh, the entire neck. Eh, He'll take just, the whole thing. No, nah, he's, he's he's strangling that game. Alrighty. Well, he pretty much did, mate. Did you you watch the International Rules? He was I actually missed most of it. Did you miss that game? Yeah. Oh, he was everywhere. Um, but I, I can't see you doing particularly well if you don't have Nat Five in your team this year because he's going to go up in price. He's going to, even if he does have a little bit of a drop-off in terms of points midway through the season after mm-hmm. his injury worries, you'll be able to trade him for a top player. I, no. I really no, like You heard it here, Nat Five. Yeah, luck must have for me. Um, Mundy is an interesting one since they gave him forward status. I'm, mm. I have no idea what to make of Dave Mundy. It's, he's older yeah. now. He's... He's going to be pushed out by some youngsters from the midfield. He's going to lose some midfield minutes. I think he will spend a lot of time up forward this year. It's yeah. not just a just a position that they've given him in fantasy. He just a weird AFL fantasy position. He will that they play have. forward. I'm not sure how well he'll score forward. Mm. 
It's particularly with Frio's delivery to the forward line, mm-hmm. which is pretty average to say the least. Yeah. Uh, the really big one for me, I mean, Michael Walters is it's interesting uh, with his 70 on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, I think draft and keeper he's interesting. Salary <laughs> cap wouldn't bother. No, but the really interesting one is Andrew Brayshaw, who just looked composed in this game. Mm. 66 points at the end of it with six tackles. That's the big one for me. Yep. Um, he had that good spread of points. Yeah, and so, I thought he started slowly but built into the game. Yep. The second half was good. Um, it, like you said, he looked composed. Mm. And as he got the, the speed of the game, he got the tempo going, he was able to get, impose himself a little bit more and get a bit more of the ball. So um, number two pick, he's going to play every game he's not injured this year. Yeah, I would say unless so. Unless they rest him. If yeah. he's injured or they rest him, by that he's going to play every game. He is, for me someone you have to be looking at in your salary cap, and he will go very early yeah. in keepers. Two Frio players locked on this podcast. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I've got him locked in as well. I just I can't see you doing particularly well if you don't have Andrew Brayshaw because he's going to be that cash cow. You can pop onto your midfield, on the field, yeah, you and can he'll, play score, him. he'll score play half decently. Um, Bailey Banfield came out of nowhere. I, I did not know who this rookie was before I actually watched this game. Me neither, um, but he looked good. He looked really good, but he is still a rookie. Uh, I think, I might be wrong, I think they've changed the rookie rules this year. So from round one, rookies can play. Category A, rookies can play. Oh, yeah, and then category B, uh, it's the old system, essentially. I think. Ooh, I that, might be wrong, that makes but I'm pretty sure question. they can play. We will look into that and uh, see... Having said that, I'm not sold his best 22 at the no. moment. I think he will push in there at some point this year. He'll get a few games, and he's probably someone you can use as a downgrade target mm-hmm. midway through the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep keep an eye on him, but yep. I'm not sure he'll start the season. Happy with that. Uh, Luke Ryan had a really good year last year, particularly towards the back end. Yep. Um, uh, he worked, ended up on a pretty decent score on 61, but nah, not for me. Worked into the game, but didn't start yep. well. Yeah. In terms of your keeper leagues, if he's available, yeah, he's going to be a good defender. But uh, not for this year for me, I don't think. Yep. Um, Connor Blakely is a pure midfielder this year. Uh, in salary cap. In salary in cap. ultimate footy, he's mm-hmm. got back status. Yeah, and that is where we do our uh, keeper league and uh, yeah. redraft leagues as well, by the way. We use ultimate footy as our platform, uh, which is a fantastic platform for any sort of draft league. Uh, so, yeah, Connor Blakely, if he is a defender, lock him, lock and load. If Yeah. He would be one of my highest-picked defenders this year. Um, he, he played defence on the weekend, mm-hmm. so in Classic, there's a good chance that he'll gain the position partway through the year. That's true. Like he did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I keep an eye on that. Um, Freo have got a lot of potential halfback flankers mm-hmm. to, um, rebounding the ball, so it's, it'll be a case of seeing which ones actually get the role week yeah. by week. Um, a 51 from Alex Pierce. He is a $170,000 bargain basement price. He's a nice salary cap team at the moment. On the bench? On the bench. On the bench, yeah. Good good point. He if won't it, score well. Yeah. 51's probably about what you can expect. He'll be a heartbeat, though, and he'll get you another 100K or something like that and then allow you to go up to someone else or trade down to someone who's just come in at round five, round six, somewhere exactly. like that. Um, I wouldn't look at really going for Matera or Wilson, the two imports that they've got. No. Um, those sorts of players, yeah, they they just don't have a fantasy-friendly role. Agreed. Wilson, Wilson could... Flashy, but not enough um, uh, volume. Not enough productivity. Yeah, they, they just don't get enough of the pill, to be honest. Um, what they do, they do well, but yeah, it's never going to be fantasy-friendly uh, footy. Um, and that was sort of it for me. I mean, Stefan Giroux was one that I saw in the mm-hmm. AFLX game, 
he was pretty poor in yeah, this game. Was, and they only put him in, I think, partway through one of the yeah, quarters. I think he only played less than half the game. I was looking forward to watching him because I was impressed with him in the AFLX. He was mm. the second of the three players that oh, yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was pretty underwhelming in this game. So... Um, that's probably about it, really. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll move on from there. I wouldn't look at Stephen Giroux unless he was... I mean, he's probably not going to get a game in round one. He might be included uh, midway through the year, and he could be a downgrade option for Salary. Same Cap as Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, West Coast and Port was another great game to watch, actually. Um, mm. uh, scoring wasn't particularly high. Uh, West Coast got up 56 to 54, but the Good fans... Game, yeah, probably fans the best of all three, I think. Fantasy scoring was brilliant. Um, mm. West Coast in particular... I mean, Andrew Gaff is a great player. Um, Look and load, you know what you're Yeah, doing. exactly. Um, Jack Redden, though, I mean, he's the the worst-kept secret in fantasy at the moment. Um, <laughs> just, he looks like he could take a step up into that Prentiss Mitchell role. I mean, it's, he's going to fill one of those spots. Yes. <laughs> that were, that, yeah, last year, those guys were mm. getting bulk minutes in the midfield. Yep. As they were getting older, their scoring was dropping off a bit, but they were taking those minutes mm. up. Redden is going to take those minutes this year. I mean, he is going to average 100 plus. Yeah, that, that was going to be, I was going to say, big question without notice, is he going to average over 100? You reckon, yeah, definitely? I think so. Okay, I, I, I don't know it'll be too much more than that. Around about 101, 102 would probably be what I would put him yeah, down for. I think that's probably about right. Yeah, because West Coast in the past haven't been a particularly high scoring team. No. Uh, one guy who is, though, is Luke Shuey, and he really took a step forward in the finals last year as well. Mm. I would look at drafting him maybe a teeny bit higher than uh, a lot of people would have taken him last year because I think he can almost take his game to another level fantasy wise. Okay, interesting. Um, I, I really rate Luke Shuey this year in terms of fantasy scoring. Um, okay. uh, who else have we got? I mean, do not look at Lewis Jetta. He will. <laughs> Oh, he will just disappoint you yep. every He's, time. He has games, but not enough of them. Exactly. Um, we've got... Uh, I mean, Sheed is the other one that I think will step up in the midfield, mm-hmm. but yeah. he's probably a little bit behind Redden. Mm, yeah. Um, in, Sheed, I reckon, is one year away from really breaking out. Yes, I agree. Um, next, uh, 2019, I think really could be Sheed's year, but this yeah. year... Uh, don't don't really look at uh, Dom Sheet. I think there's going to be a lot of responsibility placed on his shoulders just a teeny bit too early. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yo, Having said that, yeah. we both wrote him off last year and That's he had true. an amazing second half of the year. He so. was fantastic. Um, Elliot Yo, uh, he's a defender again, so he's, he should be in the top six defenders for me at the end of the year again. Yeah, we'll, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just be discussing him a little bit more later on, I think. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Um, so, Elliot Yo, that's... Uh, Definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, we were talking about it earlier in terms of the Rockman, but Nathan yeah, Varney... Now you can yeah, talk all right, about all right, it. All right, all right. I'll pull up a chair and sit yeah. down and just let you uh, go for a little bit. Yeah. Well, the the worry is because everybody seems to have Nick Nat in their salary cap side at the moment. Yes. Um, if Nick Nat is playing, that's terrific. He will uh, he will go up in value. You can use him as a stepladder to someone yeah. else. You shouldn't finish the year And realistically, because everyone's going to have him, mm-hmm. it'll... Everyone will be on the same boat there. Exactly. So if he if he fails, everyone will fail. Yeah. But the big question is, who do they play with him? You can't... I, I don't think that you can physically play Nick Nat, Lysette, and Vardy in the same team. No. That is just way too tall and not, way too slow. Not going to happen. Um, Vardy realistically should be the player that is played over Lysette if Nick Nat is playing because if, Vardy is a more natural forward. Uh, Vardy is a good forward. Yeah. Lysette can take clunks and he can kick goals, but he is a... Um, <coughs> Run in a straight line and crash yeah. a pack forward. Yeah. Vardy is a natural forward to some extent. So 
I think that, honestly, uh, West Coast's ruck lineup should and could be Nick Nat and Vardy, and Lysa could be left by the wayside a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Which Or the backup when Nick Nat needs a rest because exactly. he's still coming back from a major injury. Yeah, and so is Lysa. Uh, so um, just if you are looking to draft some of those West Coast ruckmen, because ruckmen are really, really thin on the ground this year, yeah, be very, very careful. If possible, try and handcuff a couple of them. Yeah, that's not bad. If you grab... Nick Nat, and then you grab Vardy. At least one of them will be playing. Or yeah. if you grab Nick Nat and Lysa. I'd probably go Nick Nat and Lysa, mm, to be honest. That's because, yeah, if one of them goes down, the other one's probably the one that comes in. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, someone who's been really interesting for, over the preseason is Brendan Archie. Uh, yeah. He was injured. He went off halfway through the third quarter, I yeah. think. Yeah, and he looked good <laughs> up until that point. Um, yeah. He was one I was curious to see how he, how he delivered, and yeah. he looked good. So I, I think that he definitely has a role to play, whether it's a salary cap. I Because he is quite expensive in salary cap leagues. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember how much he is, to be honest. I, I think he's... If, if you have a little bit of a look at that, if you just don't mind. check. Yeah, yeah. Just amuse the audience for a little bit. There we go. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if he is going to be suited to that salary cap role because I don't know how much he will go up in value. But definitely for draft leagues, very, very late because he is a forward. That's going to be important. $392,000. That is not as much as I thought, actually. Now, I, I, for some I mean, reason in my head, I thought he was about four hundred and fifty. dollars uh, Considering that your rookies are, mm. that the top rookies are two seventy. dollars yeah. that's not... That's actually okay for a forward. If you're looking for a mid-pricer, the only issue that's going to come up, you're going to come up against is like Archie, and then Christensen has been has looked quite good for Brisbane. Yeah, that's true. He's in that same bracket or slightly cheaper than... That's um, true. Archie. That's true. Uh, and yeah, mm. uh, he interests me as a playing him as a forward. Yeah, um, I would say Liam Ryan as well is probably should be a lock on your bench in salary cap leagues. Yeah, salary cap only. Yeah, same same thing. Just because he's, he's cheap, just he'll make money. Heartbeat. Yeah, he'll play every game as well because he's a always well, a waffle player. He's come from senior football. Yeah, his um, body's ready to go. He's yeah. got a bag of tricks, but mm. he will be a um, impact player, so he won't be consistent volume for scores. It's going to be interesting because there might be a fair few more West Coast players in fantasy teams this year with the youngsters like, uh, I mean, you've got Watson, you've got Venables, you've got Partington, you've got Rioli. Almost all of them are forwards as well, which is kind of There's worrying. a lot of forwards yeah. and mids for the Eagles that are very cheap that you can mm. consider for salary cap. Only um, for salary cap. Only for salary cap. Ainsworth is another one. I'm not sure if you said his name. Yeah, I didn't say Ainsworth, actually, but he's a, uh, a good-looking player. Yeah, having said that, both Ainsworth and Venables didn't impress me on the weekend. No. And they both played the entire game for mm. 26 and 13 points, respectively. Yeah. So they've got a little way to go still, I think. Um, on to the power. Uh, scoring was a little bit lower on their side of the coin. Uh, Jasper Pittard, I mean, we've seen it for a few years. He is a pretty decent defender. He's. Yeah, in, I'm confused that he top scored. Though. In terms of fantasy, he is a good player. Um, mm. I wouldn't be looking at him particularly highly in salary caps, but if you're needing someone He's to add out defense, guy. definitely. He's someone that will slip in drafts <coughs> that you can probably get late mm. and will pull out surprisingly good scores exactly. on a regular basis. Um, Don Barry was the one that surprised me, though. He's yeah, I was not expecting a lot from no. him, but he was very good. And he's he's really cheap. I mean, he's one seventy k bargain basement price. If he is named in their round squad one squad, you have to have him in your team. And there's no guarantee he'll be named no. because Port did a lot of recruiting over the off season. Mm-hmm. A lot of new guys in that team. It's difficult to pick who's going to be best 22. Yeah. And it will take them time to gel. So their mm-hmm. scores, both from an actual footy and a fantasy perspective, will be mm-hmm. fluctuating a fair bit. But if he's named, 
Um, I agree. Lock and yeah. load. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rockliffe to walk back into the side, obviously, as well. He's got to take someone's spot, yeah. um, which is a little bit awkward. And, you know, players like Carl Amon, Riley Bonner have been around longer in the Port Adelaide system than Don Barry, so they probably yeah. get a game ahead of him. Um, Travis Boak, he's... Uh, because he's a forward this year. As I, our friend calls him, the Boak Tree. The Boak Tree. It's, oh, it, oh just, I, I'm kind of sick in thinking that, yes, I should probably pick Travis Boak at some stage this year in my salary cap league. I mean, there's only so many guys you can really pick, though. <coughs> he's a fair way down the list for me. I'm I don't s- think he scored particularly well last mm. year from memory. I'm not starting with him, but if he hasn't improved this year, you, you may have to end up with him because... Uh. I can't see him improving this year when he's going to be playing less midfield time, more forward time. Similar to last year, they're, since they've taken out a lot of those big-name uh, forwards, like Dusty Martin and all those uh, players, Zorka, uh, there really is... You have to be a bit creative with your forward line players and who, yeah, you, that think, is true. who you think that's going to be at the end of the year. That is um, true. Yeah, uh, Jack Watts didn't really impress me fantasy-wise in his first outing for Yeah, four. I was hoping for a bit more from him. Mm. Um but he's still on my watch list for now yeah. from a probably a redraft perspective, I think. Yeah. But I want to see more next game. And uh, news has just gone through as well that Port Adelaide have failed their uh, mm. uh, appeal for Robbie Gray. So he will definitely be missing the first round. Do not have him in any of your team's first round. Um, no. I, I'm not even sure if I like having Robbie Gray in a draft league unless it's a very, very late He's a centre only this year, isn't he? Uh, Mid only, I think. Uh, I'm not sure about ultimate footy, but I know in uh, um, AFL Classic he is still a forward. So generally, if he's still a forward in a Classic, he will be an ultimate footy forward, which means that yeah, you you'll pick him up somewhere in the draft. Oh, sorry, I've got it the wrong way around. He's a forward only. Yeah, that's it. So he's lost DPP, but he's lost midfield. So you wouldn't have played in midfield anyway. No, so. no, no, no. Um, so you still pick him somewhere, but to be honest, his scoring is so up and down, particularly last year. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't really seem to get much midfield time at all. They played him deep forward a lot, mm. which really hurts his fantasy scoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you see, spot anyone else for Port that you like the look of, mate? Not really. No, no, they're not really. They're hard fantasy side to pick. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see what happens when Rockliffe comes in. Uh, I, we were sitting there watching the game, actually, and I did say that this was going to be the year of Ollie Wines. I reckon that he will go average 105-plus this year. Yeah, I reckon he's going to be very, very good. Yeah, I so, agree. He's he's a good guy to watch. This, I like Holly Wines. Mark my words, this is his year. Get get on the back of Holly Wines. Um, yeah, well, we'll move on from the games because obviously we've got a whole lot more coming up for this first round. They've only done the first four. Um, we've got a couple of other players that we sort of had our eye on that we want to... Yeah, some JLT watch list players. Yeah, just keep an eye out for. Um, the first one is... Oh, so I should say first as well, we've yeah. separated these out into salary cap, mm-hmm. redraft and keeper. Yes. So some of them will be guys you'd look at for more than one um, game time, but some of them are pretty much pigeonholed as you would only look at them for this particular yeah, type of game. Definitely. So uh, one of them is uh, from Carlton, Matt Kennedy. Now, bam, 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 bam. He because he looked really good at GWS just before he left, and yeah. coming into Colton, he will get games, and he is a big, strong player. Yep. Yeah. Um, even with a chance at some stage in his career, maybe even next year, to pick up forward status, because apparently mm. they're looking to play him forward a fair bit. Yeah. Use Hulk. Uh, I think he's uh, the Jack <coughs> Steele of this year. Mm. Very, very similar to Jack Steele last mm-hmm. year. Um, 
So, yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity in their midfield mm. and resting up forward. He's a big body, strong yep. hands overhead. Um, third year, so mm-hmm. prime for a breakout. Yep. Um, lot to like there. Mm. I've got him as a mid-pricer in my salary cap team. Yeah, I'm very um, tempted as well to chuck him in there. And he's someone I would look at across all three formats, mm. to be honest. Mm. Um, the, another one that I have uh, had a little bit of a look at is Darcy Cameron. Mm-hmm. If Naismith is injured or Sinclair... This guy, ha- I mean, he should probably be on your bench in terms of your salary cap anyway because there's, in case. there's no one at that bargain basement price. Yeah, and realistically, your rock ball position, <coughs> you never use anyway. So mm-hmm. you may as well stick this guy there. But he was very good in the Apple last year and he's, yeah. he's been good in years past as well. So if uh, one of those two uh, top rockmen for Sydney are injured, he will be straight into that team and scoring well. And let's be honest, the Sydney rockmen have got a history of being injured. Oh, yeah. Sinclair in particular has a lot of soft tissue injuries. So... Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes so, there. Darcy Cameron, classic. Mm. Classic? Keeper? Yeah, not, no, I wouldn't say keeper necessarily because I think just like uh, the player we were referencing earlier, which was uh, Dode, I think, Yep. Um, you can leave him until oh, yeah. later in the leave draft and then, because it's probably not for the next few years that he actually starts to do anything of oh, fair enough. relevance. Um, Isaac Cummings from GWS. Yes. He's one I've really had my eye on because, I mean, obviously they've lost Wilson to Frio, They've lost uh, Williams to, to injury. Um, Heath Shaw isn't getting any younger, so he'll need some mm. support down there. They need a rebounding defender, and this is the guy, in my opinion. And the other thing, too, is Buntine and <coughs> Adam Kennedy. Both, both, injured. both injured for the first four to five rounds. Months or at least. Yeah. yeah. So if I, I just think that this is the guy that they should be bringing into the side. Now, the thing to keep an eye out for is that they have not included him in any way, shape, or form for this first JLT round. So Which is interesting. Not even an emergency. They're playing yeah. the likes of Perryman down there, and Perryman's much more of a, a half-forward flanking type player. It's very interesting. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think he is, for me, there's probably two options to fill that position. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is Cummings. The yep. other one is Cumming? Cummings. I don't know what he's I think it's. I think it's Isaac Cummings, so we're... <laughs> <laughs> Isaac. Um, the other is Ryan Griffin. Yeah, that's he has played halfback before. Mm-hmm. Um, they may look at playing him back there, but he's got a bit of a bad injury history. Oh, so... He's got a horrible injury history. Um, yeah, if anyone's ever owned Ryan Griffin for any amount of time out there, um, post Western Bulldogs yeah. days, you know just how bad it is. Uh, so keep an eye out for Isaac coming because I think he's going to have a terrific year. So he is classic. Do classic not, only? Yeah, classic only for me. Unless he starts agreed. playing well, do not pick him up in draft leagues. Yep, agreed. Um, we want to move over into the uh, the some of your redraft players to keep an eye out for. Uh, so this is obviously your one-year only draft, where at yep. the end of the year, you scrap those players and you start again the next. Um, David Armitage is one that we've been eyeing off, actually. Yes. He doesn't have an injury worry this year. He does not. The, the question mark with him is job security. Mm. Is he still best 22? Yeah. I think yes to start the season. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure by the end of the season. Mm. That's I why he's a one-year guy. Yeah. So he's going to... When he played the last full season, I think two years ago, yep. um, he was going at either 100 or close to. I think it was about 105 average or something like that. It was ridiculous. That might have been the year before, I think. He had a really good 2004. 15, oh, it was, yeah. That, I'm thinking of the 2015 season. But yeah. 2016 was still good. Mm-hmm. Not as good, but still mm-hmm. good. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely keep an eye out for Armitage, but he's definitely a one-year-only player and probably not 
for salary cap. I think there's yeah. much better options He's out there. Pricer, but yeah. there's better options. I, I'd take Matt Kennedy over him. Oh, any any day of the week, yeah. Definitely take Matt Kennedy over David Ar- David Armitage. Um, the uh, another player is Rory Lobb. I mean, obviously, this is a guy for keepers as well as redraft. This is your man, my man, and you. Luckily, he's finally a ruckman in, again. Uh, in ultimate footy, luckily got yes. given <laughs> ruck status, which I mean, he will be given in classic anyway. But they've just said, right, we'll wait for six weeks. But if, like us, you play with positional changes locked in ultimate footy, yes. It would have broken my heart if he was a forward only again, oh, like yes. last year. So it means that if you're playing with positions locked, obviously when those positional changes occur in AFL Classic, those do not carry over into our Ultimate Footy League. So you'd be stuck with a forward Rory Lobb again. Having said that, he's going to be playing Ruck because they have no other Ruckman. True. Except for Dawson Simpson. And, eh. So, um, is Dawson Simpson really even a He's a tall guy. He's a tall guy. Um, The only question mark with Roy Lobb for me is he's had groin issues all pre-season. They've been keeping him in cotton wool, so he will have rest, Mm -hmm. general soreness during the season, um, and his minutes may be a little bit limited as a result. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the biggest watchers for me, uh, this JLT, is Reese Matheson from Mm. Brisbane. He is probably my biggest watch because... Really? Your biggest watch? Probably one of my biggest watches because for draft leagues, he is a forward. If he is playing some of the midfield minutes that Rocklift has left going to Port, he could score. I mean, he scores really well when he's put in the centre. Well, he scores well. He scored, I mean, (coughs) 70-odd was his average last year, and he played the majority of games as a forward pocket. Mm. He is not a natural forward. No, so... He barely knows what to do in the forward half. It's, it's pretty depressing to watch him in the forward half, yeah. actually. He but, just runs around trying to headbutt people and get high tackles. Yeah, well, I mean, it would be just like if you put Prittis in a forward pocket back when he was playing. Hmm. Or, um, yeah, or if you put Sam Mitchell in a forward pocket. Those sorts of players aren't geared up for that X-factor role. Except Matheson might have even less skill than both of them. Which is sad. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, Sam Mitchell, no, that Mitchell guy was super skilled. But, but, uh, but Prittis, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if he's playing midfield minutes, jump on this guy because he is, a, as a forward, he could be fantastic yeah, for you. And that's year. why it redraft, because it, mm-hmm. it's an out-of-position midfielder. Yeah. You can play as a forward. Yeah. One year only, special deal. Yeah. If he gets those midfield minutes, mm-hmm. go nuts. I'd be tempted in salary cap as well, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would be sorely tempted if I saw him scoring well in the JLT in the midfield. I'm loving the fact I've got him in keepers. Oh, you son. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, another Brisbane player, Mitch Robinson. Mm. He's, they like I said, we've got more midfield minutes available to Brisbane. They need a bigger body in there, sort of get it out to the likes of McCluggage and Zorko and Beams. Yeah, those runners. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Beams can play inside. He's inside, outside. Mm. But McCluggage probably can't go inside <coughs> yet. His body probably isn't quite developed enough. Yep. Um, and Zorko is probably more valuable to them on the outside. Exactly. He, he's a damaging player. So Robinson, um, I think, will get some midfield mm. minutes. Um, purely just to protect the younger guys, but mm. they're in the middle of a rebuild, so they're going to want to get minutes into your Mathesons, your Berries, yep. your McCluggages, mm-hmm. those other guys. So I think Robinson will play pretty close to a 50-50 forward midfield split. Definitely. Um, another player we've been looking at, Caleb Marchbank, who's one of my boys. I mm. I love this guy. And with Doherty going down for Carlton, 
someone is going to pick up some points in that back line. Cade Simpson's going to be very good this year. He'll pick up some of them, but I don't know how much better he can be than what he has been. Mm. I think that he could increase his average up to around about 78 to 80. I agree. Which is a similar role to what McGovern plays for West Coast and in terms of scoring. Maybe a virtual sort of role as well, yep. although he's slightly taller. Yep. Um, I think that he could live up to those sorts of points, which in a draft league, for especially if you're oh, playing yeah. five or six defenders, that's gold. If your bottom end defenders in draft are scoring well, and you're laughing. Exactly. Um, uh, I mean, he's very interesting for me. Mm, mm. Two other guys for, for redraft are Toby McLean, uh, and Hayden Crozier, both of the Bulldogs players. Mm. Uh, Toby McLean had a terrific end to the year last year. Um, he could average 90 as a forward for me. Yeah, he upsets me because mm. I so don't want to like him because he <laughs> just looks... He's got he looks a, like a douche on the field. Oh, he, like he looks like he's arrogant and he doesn't want to hand the ball off. He wants to do it all himself. Mm. He tries to get high tackled by ducking. But he's a good player. He is a good player. And he's a good fantasy scorer as well because he scored well in what is essentially a half-forward flank slash small pocket role, which yeah. is hard to score in. We talked about that a second ago. Yep. Um, if you're scoring well like that, and the dogs have already said they are going to probably push him a little bit more up onto a wing into the midfield. Yep. Yep. They um, love running guys through the midfield. Yeah. So scoring can only go up. So I think he's going to have a very good year. Mm. And Crozier is the guy that they've got over from Fremantle. He is uh, he's going to be playing halfback. They've lost Matthew Boyd. They've lost uh, Bob Murphy. Yep. Uh, and they don't have Dale Morris for the first three quarters of the year. Yep. These spots in their back yep. line. He's played back for Frio mm-hmm. for about half a season or so and looked really <laughs> good doing it. Mm-hmm. So they've come out and said that's why they recruited him. Yep. Um, so I think he's going to be a good one for um, for redraft this year. Yep. Possibly for keepers as well, actually. Oh, I'd definitely look at him for keepers. So Not a salary guy. No. But um, yeah, for those draft formats, mm. he's a forward only this year, mm-hmm. I think. He'll switch to a defender only for next year. Yeah, I mean, if you're desperate for a POD in the forward line, maybe you could look at him as a mid-price or in salary cap leagues. But it's, it's not for options. me. There's, there's other options out there. We've talked about a few already on today's podcast. Yeah. Um, for a keeper league, I want to talk about some uh, some younger guys, actually, uh, because mm. these are the guys that definitely won't be owned already in your keeper league. Uh, fact yes. is, if you've been running it for a few years, a lot of these guys that have done pretty well last year, like... Your Reddens on the back end, um, Sharon Berg uh, from Collingwood. Those guys will have been picked up at some point in the year. So early on in your draft, you're probably looking at a lot of newly drafted players. So the first one I want to bring up, and these are obviously a bit different from your Luke Davies, Uniac, and your Cam Rainers. Because obviously those top four or five picks in the draft, if you're doing a keeper league, you know who they are. And you know exactly how good they're going to be. Yeah, Uh, One of them is Zach Bailey from Brisbane. I the third guy from AFLX yeah. that I paid attention to. I he looked like a natural footballer. He is so good. I mean, he had only played like four uh, like recorded games of AFL before he started playing in the TAC Cup. Seriously? Yeah, he, not know he had only started playing. He had only had four games, um, and he he's just such a natural footballer. He's in and under. He's a good half forward. Uh, I, honestly, I can't give this guy good enough raps. The only question is, does he get enough of the pill? Yeah. Um, he could be more of a burst player, but I would take a punt on him as a late pickup. Having said keeper. that, you know who started as a burst <coughs> player? Uh, oof. Dane oh, Zorko. Dane Zorko, there you go. I was going to, I was thinking <laughs> Dane Zorko, but... 
yeah, obviously he's he wasn't drafted early. He was playing at um, Broadbeach for, yeah. for five, yeah. six years. So my question for Zach Bailey is, is he best 22 to start the season? I don't think so. Mm. I think there's guys ahead of him. But with that whole rebuild they're doing, I think he's someone you could use a speculative pick on late. Yep. You'll have to stash him for a little while and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of upside. Yeah, definitely. Um, next one, Jaden Stevenson from Collingwood. I... As much as I have big raps on this guy as a player. I love this guy. He's, uh, he's probably my single favourite guy from the draft. From the draft, wow. Because uh, uh, he's just, he looks like he's going to be a different sort of player. But you cannot pick this guy when he's in Collingwood's team. They have so many similar players. I mean, yeah. if there was any one player who was vaguely similar to this guy in the competition, Will it would Hoskin be Will Hoskin Elliott, and he's in the bloody pies. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, like it's very high reps on yeah. him. I don't know what his job security is like. It's awful at Collingwood. Well, it's bad. It's but terrible. I don't know how bad it is. Yeah, I, I think it's genuinely terrible job security. I mean, even the uh, young Especially with Buckley. Yeah, Buckley. Uh, he's he's a confusing sort of coach. You don't know who's really in. Uh, Josh Smith, Sharon Berg. Uh, we've got Crisp in the back line now. You've got I mean Maynard. Yeah. Langdon. Mm-hmm. They've got they're so, all kind of the same player. They're so similar. And then up in the forward line, you've got um, like Aish going through there. You've got uh, uh, young... Uh, Broomhead. Broomhead. Um, um, Wills. Dacos. Brown. Um, the other Brown. The other Brown. Uh, there's, and they're all like the same player. There's so many of them. So I do not touch Stevenson. Maybe with a later pick in the keeper draft because yeah. you're going to want him in your team at some stage. Oh, someone has to take him. But, but he's a project player. He's a project he's player. He's a long-term He's going to be a good guy, but I yeah. don't know when. Um, Will Brody, I mean, he probably was uh, taken in last year's draft and dropped midway through the year. Yeah. Someone may have done that in your keeper league. Yeah. And if they have, jump on him in this year's draft. He plays maybe four games towards yeah. the end of yeah. last year. A smart player would have kept him because they would have known he is going to be playing in the next few years. Yeah. But with Ablett gone now, if someone has dropped him to the waiver wire, you need to jump on him now. This, yeah, this draft. I think he and Bose, I think, mm-hmm. will get a lot more game time this year and will improve a lot yeah. from what they delivered last year. Yeah, One of my favourite players uh, to that I've definitely got locked in my salary cap side that mm-hmm. I'm really, really considering to keeper is James Warple as well. Yeah, I actually, I was lying before. There were four guys I paid attention to. He's <laughs> yes. number four. He, he looked really good in active ballets. He did. I'm looking forward Mature to... Mature body. Yeah, exactly. Um, averaged um, about 98 in the under-18 championships mm. as well, which is good yeah. for fantasy scoring. Yeah, very good. Um, if he is on the park, if he's playing for Hawthorne, this guy will score. Yeah, There's absolutely. No and question about that. They need, they're doing a little mini-rebuild. They need to give games to their <coughs> top, uh, top young guys. Yep. Because uh, they haven't got a lot in the recent years. Yep. So I think they will try and get as many games into him as they can this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I, I think that um, uh, just the way he plays as well is really, really he suits, fantasy relevant. Yeah, he's fantasy relevant, but he's also the type of player that Alistair Clarkson likes. Yeah. Um, the, the last one I want to talk about is one that I'll be made fun of probably for the rest of his <laughs> career by everyone in our league because they know just how much of a man crush I have on this guy. Hunter Clark. He what a name! He's I mean literally he hunts the ball. That's what he does, and he's so good at it. Um, oh, this this guy reminds me a lot of Matthew Boyd because okay. he he just when he's in the middle he just gets the ball and he gets those hand passes. Mm. I know that he at the moment he hasn't picked up the amount of disposals, but I think that will come. 
Yep. Because he's come from a half-back role. Yes. Um, and Matthew Boyd played that towards the end of his career to, with, to a pop. Yeah. So if uh, if he develops a little bit more in the midfield, that was he only played half a year of true midfield and he, he put up amazing good. numbers. He looked good. So I quite like him as well. I'm with you on this. I think he's going to be a great player. Is he a very, very early pick in your keeper league? Probably not. No, probably not. But don't mid round yeah, maybe. Don't let him slip past you if you've got a pick, um, you know, close to the top end. Um, yeah, yeah. Because he's going to be a very, very. Yeah. Good I player. think we said this at the beginning of our little keeper section mm-hmm. here, but we should stress this is for top up keepers, yeah, not for course. starting new ones. Yeah. These guys will go reasonably late in starting new ones. For a first ever keeper draft, you would treat it essentially as you would treat a redraft league with a little with bit more emphasis on age. I mean, exactly. Bit. That that is basically what you would do because obviously you're still taking players like Tom Mitchell, Patrick Dangerfield, those sorts of guys at the top of the tree. Um, but just in your top up drafts, those guys are well gone. Yeah. Those guys have been gone for years. Um, so that's the end of our watch list. Uh, I, yep. w- I want to do a little bit of a, uh, a new sort of exercise with you actually this year, Matt. And what we're going to yep. do is uh, we've talked about this for the past couple of days. Um, we're going to make some big calls now. So what this I- is no- yeah. <laughs> And what I want to do is I want to put these on record. And then at the end of the season, maybe even mid-season as well, we come back and review these, have a little bit of a look and see how we went at the start of the season. So... We've got six categories. We've got six categories here that I've given, which is we do yes. I yeah. just checked that. <laughs> I'm like, did I come up with six answers? <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one is uh, who we think is going to be one of the biggest breakout players of the year, um, the best cash cow for the year, someone who's bought in the most money, yeah. um, the best defender, best midfielder, best ruck, and best forward at the end of now the year. Now I should check. This is based on averages, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So obviously, I mean, if if a Ruckman's play, or a, say a Ruck has played the entire season and averaged, uh, I don't know, 95 or something, but there's a guy who's missed the last four games that's averaged 102, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. That, that guy's the top. Having runner. said that, if there's someone that's played like two games and they've averaged like 120 or something, that does not count. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, that absolutely we're on the same page then. There we go. Um, so we're I'm just checking because you do have a history of changing rules halfway no, no, through no, our little games so that you win. This is technically a debut podcast, Matt, so I do not have a history of anything for new listeners out there. So this is a perfect example of changing the rules no, to make no. it suit you. We are moving right on and going into the first big call, which is who we think our biggest breakout of the year is going to be. Right. Do you uh, want to start or shall I? I'll start. I'll yep. go first this time. Um, mine is Ryan Clark. Ooh. Interesting. Biggest breakout of the season. Do you feel slightly dirty that it's a North player? It hurts my soul. Anyone who knows me knows that I just hate anything that the Scott brothers have touched. <laughs> uh, I mean, particularly Brad Scott. Chris Scott, to some extent, I can handle. Brad Scott, oh. I was sure it was the other way around. No, 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 no. no. It's Brad Scott. Right. You realise he's the kangaroo coach? I know he's the kangaroo okay. coach. Just checking. Um, Ryan Clark averaged 68.7 last year. Um, played mostly in the forward line, though. He was switched over to defence, like we said, for the last part of the year, and he averaged 26 disposals in that role. Mm-hmm. And we already mentioned he had 200s. He had a couple of scores in the 90s and a um, uh, like 79. high 70s. 79. Yeah. I checked um, this afternoon. Oh, good effort. Um, so I, I think, to be honest, this is his year. He, if they keep him in that role, he is going to have a terrific year. I think he's a lock for my salary cap. He's in my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reckon he could honestly go at that rate, averaging about 88 to 90. I like it. Mm. Um, I like him as well. I've got big reps on him, and um, I think <coughs> I'm just checking. 
He's not in my salary cap at the moment, Ooh. but he was before the weekend just yeah. gone. So this is another big test for our big calls. Are they in your salary cap team? Yeah. So my, like him. my guy is. So right, who's, your, who's your breakout player, mate? All right. This was very difficult. It's a tricky one. It was a tricky one. Yep. Um, and I looked at Ryan Clark, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I went with someone else that's on our watch list. All right. Matthew Bam Bam Kennedy. Kennedy, yep, yep, gotcha. And the reason is, I see so many similarities with Jack Steele last year. Oh, yeah, and Jack Steele really he came went, on last year. Yeah, so listen to this. Um, Steele, in 2015, averaged 64 points of seven games. Mm-hmm. 2016, 71.6 points of 10 games. Last year, 92.8 of 20 games. Jeez. So from 16 to 17, his third year breakout, mm-hmm. that was a 20-point increase. Matt Kennedy, first year, 2016, he played three games, scored 40.7. Last year, 16 games, 68.6. This is his third year breakout, and he had a 28-point increase from his first to second year, as it is. Wow. Now, the other similarity is both of them have gone from playing basically forward line at GWS because there wasn't enough midfield minutes Mm -hmm. to rebuilding teams that need them. Yeah. where they're going to play bulk midfield minutes mm. with short stints up forward to pad their scores out with goals. A lot of similarities. I think that Matt Kennedy's going to have a great year. This is going to be his breakout year. He's going to be his breakout year. I reckon there's going to be a big point increase. Mm-hmm. I'm not brave enough to put a number on it. No. Well, I, I, I put a tentative number on it. But but if he's going 68.8 at the moment, mm-hmm. um, I think he'll go high 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is exactly what I've said for Ryan Clark yeah. as well, which brings him up into fantasy relevance as well from yeah. a mid-pricer. So, exactly. Um, and yes, he is in call. my salary cap team. Good call. Love it, love it. Uh, best catch cap. Also difficult. You're up first, mate. Alrighty. <laughs> I considered a lot of different guys for this. Yep. Um, now, I thought about going with one of the, the easy options, I say in inverted commas, of one of those top draftees. Like a Andrew Brayshaw sort of thing. Someone Davies. Yeah, someone yep. that's going to have a lot of job security. They won't increase in price too quickly to begin with because they're expensive to start with, exactly. but they'll just be steady accumulators the whole year. Mm-hmm. That's too easy. <laughs> so I looked for someone else that was a little bit a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I've settled on Don Barry. All who right, we did all speak right. about earlier from yeah. Port. Mm-hmm. Uh, 170K. Um, he looked very, very good on the weekend. Mm. Uh, got a lot of the ball. Um, as we said earlier, he had a good split of scoring types between possessions, marks, tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a mature body. So Porter going for a premiership, yep. they're going to be wanting mature bodies in that side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good team. So they're going to get a lot of the ball. They're going to share it around. They're going to attack. Mm-hmm. He's going to have good opportunities. Yeah. The only question mark is, is he best 22? Ooh. And as we discussed earlier, I'm not 100% sure how the chips will <laughs> fall with that one. If he is... I reckon he will hopefully hold his spot for a good portion of the year and he will increase in price a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, don't I like worry. It. I like it. If, if he's best 22, he'll definitely make you some coin. The worry, like you say, is best 22. So we'll see how this goes at the end of the season. Um, I guess that's that's me up. I've gone for... Oh, sorry, I should oh, say, oh. yes, he is in my salary cap team good, at the moment. Good um, I've gone probably a little risky too here, to be honest. I could have gone with an Andrew Brayshaw or a Luke Davies, but... What I've done is I've gone for Isaac Cumming, uh, who is super risky because, like we said earlier, he has not been named in any way, shape, or form for their first JLT game. And that's only just come out this afternoon. So that is risky. 
Having said that, it is only pre-season. It is pre-season. I do not rate pre-season too highly. I mean, you, you use it for your watch list to some extent, but that's not exactly how it's going to pan out. They need someone of Isaac Cummings' caliber. He is a good young player, and he is... I mean, he was averaging 84 in the Neapel for the last six rounds when he came into the senior Neapel squad. Um, that's that's not too bad as a rebounding defender, especially as a 19-year-old as well. Yeah, that's good. Um, Although be, it is there for Neapel, so... That's true. I mean, he'll be turning 20 this year, so a little bit of a bigger body as well. And I just think as a 170k defender, even if he doesn't play the first few rounds, he'll be coming in at some point early on. Yeah. And he'll catch up because he's so cheap. Exactly. And he will catch up really quickly. So yeah. um, if he's playing, he'll score because, uh, let's face it, every team out there likes to kick the ball around in their back half. Yeah. And they don't have anyone to kick it between at the That's moment. True. So uh, if Isaac coming is playing, it'll be him and Heath Shaw and maybe Ryan Griffin kicking it around between each other yeah, that's true. to rebound it out. So the question... I do have Isaac. I mean, everyone should have Isaac coming, at least on their bench in their... Uh, um, I'm not sure how to do it. Oh, I mean, obviously the interesting... Oh, no, he's on my field. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's, we're, we're coming at this from a very early JLT perspective. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously your... First point of call with cash cows is waiting until the season proper. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what are we moving on to now? Best <laughs> defender. Yeah. All right, this me again? Yep. All righty. Um, so, <coughs> um, where are we? Best defenders. All righty. Now, there's a few options here, a few top options here. Um, however, there's a few of them that I've got question marks for me. Yep. So, I've ended up going with Yo. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice and safe. Now, the reason being, there's probably two or three other options that you could have gone with, such as Laird or Simpson, um, but there's question marks about who's actually going to pick up the excess ball that's going to be there because of injuries to those teams. Yo is going to play primarily midfield this year, I think, with a little bit of uh, defence. Um, so he's going to have a great opportunity to be a midfielder playing out of position in fantasy um, and should hopefully get a lot of possessions that way um, and score quite highly. So um, slightly riskier pick, but um, yeah, I've gone with Elliot Yo as my defender and I don't think he is in my team uh, That's at the moment. It's tricky with those upper end guys. You don't always start off with them. Sometimes they are a bit more expensive and you aim to get them in towards the end. Yeah. Um, the player that I have picked is Rory Laird, probably the safest pick that's out there, to be honest, for me. Yeah. Um, he's he's a gun. He's the only remaining defender who's averaged over 100 last year because mm-hmm. Doherty obviously is out. Um, went at just over 100, so it was about 100.6. I think he's got another gear to go up to, to be honest. Really? He's, he's still youngish. He's, still about, oh, yeah. he's, like he's 24, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a big future in him, and I think that uh, for at least this year, he might even push more into the midfield with Brody Smith out. Yep. So okay. he might be pushing up a little bit more, getting a few more marks too. See, the reason that I didn't pick him, because I did consider him, was all the talk of Bryce Gibbs playing off halfback, yeah. potentially taking some of the ball away from him. It's it's a little bit iffy there, but for me, I'm he's backing, him yeah. Yeah. <laughs> backing him in. Um, is he in your team? He is in my team, yes. Very yeah, good. absolutely. Lock and load with Rory Laird. Um, uh, I'll go with best mid first up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Tom Mitchell? Yeah. Have I you got Tom Mitchell? Mitchell? Yeah, it's I'm too not, easy. Let's not go into Who's it. your second best mid? My second best mid is Zach Merritt for this year. Okay. Is he in your team? Yes. 
All right, I've gone Dusty. You've gone Dusty? Love it. Love the call. He's, I mean, with midfielders, there's a bracket of about uh, a top five, I would say, with uh, Tom Mitchell, Zach Merritt. You've got Dusty in there. You've got Dangerfield in there. Yeah. Um, and there's one more that I'm uh, probably you're, missing. You're probably going to say five. Uh, five is up there. Um, Kel- um, Josh Kelly, maybe? Kelly or possibly uh, Trelaw or Taylor Adams. Yeah, so- someone along that lines. That we're, they're in the top bracket. You're every almost every team who's going to do well, barring injury next year, is going to have those five in their team at some stage. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on from the mid because that's way too easy. Yeah. Um, Ruck, who have you got? I've gone <laughs> with Maximum Gorn. You've gone Max. I knew you'd go Maximum Gorn. He's my boy. I he, love him. He's he's your man. He's yeah, a, he's yeah. not a boy. He's a he's, man. He's absolutely not a boy. Look at that beard. He's <laughs> no, I I love Maxi Gorn. So it's a no-brainer. He had that massive hamstring injury mm. last year, which I think happened round three or four. Maybe he was going pretty well before that, scoring tons for fun. Yep. Um, he was out for ages. He came back and he was still visibly a bit hampered mm-hmm. by his timeout, uh, whether it was mental or conditioning or a combination. So he wasn't quite reaching those heights when he got back. Mm. Um. He looks good over preseason. He looks fit. I reckon he's going to come out. Like I said earlier, he's a proud man. He's going to want to bounce back from yep. last year. So I reckon. I love it. Lock and load. Love it. Um, I've gone a little bit easy here, and I locked in last year's top average, which was Brody Grundy. Uh, I think he's going to hold his mantle. He's a young player. He's still got room for development in him. He's still got scope to increase his fantasy game. I do not worry as much as a lot of people about the Mason Cox factor. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Mason Cox is going to take too much pure ruck time away from him. Yep. Okay. Especially if they move Darcy Moore to the back line. That's and true. They'll have to have someone as a focal point. Exactly. Forward, which and they will, literally have no one else. <laughs> which will be Mason Cox. Yeah. Uh, so I think that Mason Cox will play the eighty percent forward, twenty percent ruck role. Yep. Uh, maybe that twenty percent ruck that he does do is in the forward line. You yeah. know, when there's yeah. boundary throw-ins, so Grundy can just kind of rest on ball or in defence or something. Which means that where Grundy is will probably be on that fifty meter arc, waiting for that quick kick out to take that intercepting mark. Yeah, I like it. I so I think Brody Grundy for me all the way. But I don't have him in my team Ooh. because I'm looking to save some coin. I'm looking to save some coin no, somewhere. Fair enough. I should say I do have Gorn in my team. I think I've got about six premium midfielders in my team. I have there's only so much. Tom Mitchell, got. Zach Merritt, Dusty. I've got Adams. I've got uh, uh, Fife, Jeez, obviously. Hard. Um, and there's someone else I've got as well. So, um, Josh Kelly as well. Oh yeah, so, love Kelly. Oh man, Josh Kelly. He's fantastic. Um, last one. All right, your big call for oh, my big call. Actually, I think I'm due to go first. There you go first with this one. Best forward. Uh, this was a little bit interesting because forwards are. Tricky. Um, yes. I've got on it Isaac Heaney for me. Oh, I, Isaac Heaney for me is going to be the best forward. He. We were talking about progression earlier with mm-hmm. a lot of players. He has played three years now. And mm-hmm. he has gone 66, 73, 92. He is 22 years old at the moment. He's got another level, you reckon? He has got another level, I reckon. I agree. I think he is going to play a lot of midfield minutes this year. Yeah. So salary cap wise. Mm-hmm. Get him in your team. Just do it. There's, I mean, who else are you choosing? You've got Jack Billings, who's going to be a very good player, but he's expensive. Uh, Menegola, I wouldn't touch myself. I've ruled a line through Menegola. I am not convinced of his job security for midfield minutes. He'll be no. best 22. Oh, of course. But I think he'll spend a lot of time up forward, and he doesn't score there. Exactly. I mean, where he got a lot of his points was when Selwood was injured Yeah. Um, for that back half of yeah. the season. So wouldn't be touching Menegola this year in terms of salary cap unless, like, all the others fall by the wayside. Or 
a bit of a sample size mm. part way through the season, and he is actually surprising us and scoring well. True. Uh, but then you've got players like Lance Franklin as well and Toby Green who are up and down and you just yep. don't know. So for me, Isaac Heaney. I'm locking him in. All right, I like it. He's so, in your team. Uh, he is in my team, yes. Very I've good. got everyone bar Grundy in my team. Very good. Uh, mine is Jack Billings. Yeah. Your yep. boy. Yeah, my boy. My, uh, he's, I, I love watching Jack Billings play as well. He's... And the reason is purely just because a lot of those other top um, forwards, like we were just talking about, there's question marks on them. Yep. Um, Heaney, to be honest, isn't one I actually really gave a lot of consideration to. He's a great pick. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Billings is probably another good pick just because he really exploded last year. Mm. We saw his ceiling is huge, like 150s for fun if he's on that day. Yep. The next step for him is going to be consistency. Mm-hmm. So removing those small scores, which he's still got every now and again, mm-hmm. um, as he removes those, his average will go up because he won't lose those ceilings. Definitely. So, um, And he had a lot of issues with accuracy kicking goals last year. Yeah. If he can fix that up, he can probably get an extra 10 points a game quite easily that way. Perfect. So I think he's got a lot of upside still um, in, an, in an improving team as well. So more and more it. delivery up forward. I love it. Um, and he is in my team. Yep, good stuff. Those, well, those are our big calls. So we're going to look in on them midway through the year, maybe toward, uh, at the end of the year as well. Yep, see how we're see doing. See who got them the most correct. Uh, and, hey, maybe there'll be some sort of prize or some sort of punishment of, we'll of some description. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. <laughs> um, well, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to pause the podcast here for the moment and split it up into two. Mm-hmm. Because when we come back, we've got a few questions from a few different listeners, some friends of the podcast out there who want to know a few things and uh, we'll get to those just now.